Good morning. Thank you for joining us at City Lights Church Online. I'm Pastor Clayton, and I'm so glad that you've joined us today. City Lights Church exists to reach those that don't know Christ and to build up those that do know Christ. This will happen through our three steps of progress. Number one, belong. You belong here and you have nothing to prove. Number two, believe. Believing in Christ is the most important decision that you will ever make in your life. And number three, become. God has a plan and a purpose for your life to live for Him. We hope that you are in one of these areas and that you are on the move to your next step. Please be sure to go to our website for more info at citylightscameros.com, citylightscameros.com. We also have an Apple podcast channel. Please check that out and share with others. You are welcome to give an offering to this ministry at any time during the service or the week. You can give online by e-transfer to citylightschurch at hotmail.com, citylightschurch at hotmail.com, or on our website, you'll see an online option, give under the heading donate. Thank you for your support of this ministry and for joining us today. So today we're going to start a new series called Jesus Wins. And um, as we come to John chapter 12 today, we are now dealing with the final week of Jesus Christ on this earth. And Jesus has done many things and He's been born and He's journeyed and He's been with His parents. But now He's coming to the point where He's fulfilling the purpose in which His Father called Him to come to do. And we come to John chapter 12 and there are 21 chapters in the book of John. And already in John chapter 12, we're coming to the purposes that Jesus is coming to fulfill. So almost half of the book of John is about Jesus' final week. And he comes to um, John chapter 12 as we, as we come to this Palm uh, Sunday, as we come to this Palm message. In Matthew, two-fifths of the book are about his final week on this earth. The book of Matthew. In the book of Mark, the Gospel of Mark, three-fifths of that book is dealing with the final week of Jesus. And Luke, one-third, 33% of the book is dealing with His final week. And with John, it's almost half the book deals with Jesus' last week on this earth. And so as this, it kind of shows us the kind of importance of this Passion Week of what Jesus is, is trying to show us and say to us. And I, I, we just want this to be fresh to our lives right now and, and, and through this season that we are all in. In the four Gospel books, there are 89 chapters. Of the 89 chapters, four of the chapters cover the first 30 years of Jesus' life. But the 85 chapters of these Gospels cover the last three and a half years of His life. And so, we, we see the importance of this. And 29 chapters of, of those 85 deal with the last week of His life. And so as we begin this Passion Week with, with what is mentioned in all four Gospels, we, we are sparked by the truths of John chapter 12. And we're going to read that together. 
It says the next day the crowd, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on His way to Jerusalem. And they took palm branches. They went out to meet Him shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and He sat on it. And as it is written, Do not be afraid out of His eye and see your King is coming seated on a donkey's colt. At first, the disciples did not understand all of this. And after, after Jesus was glorified, did they realize that these things had been written about Him, that these things had not been done to Him. Now the crowd that was, and I want to read this again, obviously, so I want you to see this as we, as we go through this. Now the crowd that was with Him uh, when He called Lazarus from the tomb, raised Him from the dead, continued to spread the Word. And many people, because they had heard, had performed this sign, went out to meet Him. And so the Pharisees said to one another, see, this is getting us nowhere. Look, at whole, the whole world has gone after Him. They'd already seen that Jesus' Jesus's wind was inevitable. They'd already began to see that that Jesus was a threat to the world, to the religious, to those that doubted Him, to those that hated Him. They already saw Jesus was going to win. I think that's so important for us to see. The Old Testament prophecies quoted in John here, three truths that, that we're going to look at today very, very simply. Number one, save us now. When Jesus was coming into that place, many, many people, they had always looked for a leader. That's how we are as people. We look for people. We look for leaders. We look to man. We look to, to some man to lead us, to be our deliverer, to be our spokesperson, to be our freedom shouter, to be someone that will draw the crowds. We as a society, we love to draw to man as a leader. And that's what they were doing to Jesus at this time. And what they wanted Him to do was to save them now. Verse 13, they cried out and they shouted, Hosanna! Hosanna in the highest! And they took palm branches and, and they shouted unto Him, Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. And this is the first time that Israel is calling Jesus King. This is the first time. And there's an accumulation of, of the story of what Jesus has done. Now remember in this account, He's just raised Lazarus from the dead. And these people that are in this crowd are the ones that saw Him call out Lazarus from a tomb with grave clothes and open the door and Lazarus comes out. This is that crowd and they see who Jesus is. That Jesus wins. They understand who He is. And they're excited about Him as their leader. And in doing so, they are saying to Jesus as, as they call Him the King, what they're saying is, He is our Messiah. He is the One. They are quoting a Messianic Scripture and they're saying, He is our King. And they're welcoming Him as the King of Israel. The other thing that they're using is the word Hosanna. Hosanna means save now. Save now. Hosanna means save now. Hosanna means save. And Anna means now. Save now. Save now, they're saying to Jesus. 
Do it now. Save us now. Do, do everything right now. I want you to see how this is written in the Old Testament in Psalm 118. It says in verse 25 and 26, Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord for the house of the Lord. We, from the house of the Lord, we bless you. They are saying, this crowd, as they wave these palm branches, as they celebrate and they give glory to Jesus and they call him king and they call him Hosanna, they're telling Jesus, save us now. Save us now. You know, in our culture, in our world, we still shout from the crowds, don't we? Save us now. Be our leader now. Be our freedom voice. Be the one that fights for my rights. Be the one that does this, does that. And yet, we find that that's never going to lead to anything. Because Jesus came and they did the same thing, but He had to accomplish the, way, the things that God had called Him to do, the Father. And He wasn't going to save them in a way that they were wanting Him to lead and be. And they're saying, save us now. <laughs> Don't wait. Jesus, do it right now. Psalm 107, it's interesting. And as we look at these Old Testament Scriptures, we, we see that God is accustomed to His people calling out to save them, to help them. In Psalm 107, four different times, the people of Israel are calling out to God in their trouble. And God's, God's okay with you shouting out to Him in your trouble. But listen to what He says in Psalm 107. They, they, they begin to, to call out to God and they, they cry out to Him. They, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and He delivered them from their distress. It says in verse 6, it's, it says in... Verse 13, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and He saved them from their distress. Verse 18-21, to 21, it says, they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and He saved them from their distress. Verse 26-31, to 31, it says that they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and He brought them out of their distress. Over and over as they called out to the Lord, God made a way for them to save them, to help them. And as Jesus comes in to that place, to that city, as He comes through that path, people begin to say, Hosanna! Hosanna! Save us now! You are the King of Israel! And He's saying, God is not mad at these people crying out to Him and, uh, and when they're in trouble, but he's, he's saying, I wish you would give thanks to Me <laughs> when you cry out to Me in your trouble. When you look at Psalm 107, he, every time they call out, He helps them. But He says, I wish you would now give thanks to Me. <laughs> call out. We call out all the time and we give thanks all the time is what God wants. Have you ever been at a place that God has provided for you? Have you ever been at a place where you're asking God questions and you're trying to deal with a situation or a need or a relationship or, or maybe a financial thing or a business thing or a family issue or a relationship or something in your marriage or, or whatever situation it is and something in the church and you're, and you're praying to God and you're saying, Lord, I need your help. I, Lord, help me. I'm distressed, God. I'm worried about this. I'm concerned about this. And you've cried out to God and, and, uh, 
and, and he, he answers. And he, he makes a way. Like, you know, you, you needed $500 for your rent and, and all of a sudden you go to the mailbox and the rent is there. Or, or someone calls you and says, hey, like I feel God saying, like I, I need to help you. Is there something that you are praying about? Is there something that you need? And you're just like, yeah, I need, I need some help actually. I'm trying to move out of my house. Well, that's great. Oh, and I got a train. I got a truck. I'll come right over. You know, it, over and over in our lives, when you give God the opportunity and we cry out to Him, He'll be there for us. Amen? He'll be there for us and He'll, He'll make ways for us. And God's not offended or upset that we cry out to Him in our distress. He wants you to cry out to Him. He wants to help you. He wants, to, wants us to, to do that. And, but when he, when he does it, when He moves in our lives, we need to give thanks. We need to say thank You, Lord. And, and, and God will do it over and over in our lives and He'll be there for us. And we need to thank God instead of just complaining and giving. And, and we just need to give thanks. And so Psalm 107, we cry out to God all the time. We give thanks all the time. And God's okay with that for you to cry out for help. And in this Scripture, they're saying, God, save us. Jesus, save us. And Jesus is okay with that because He's going to save them. He's going he's to make a way for them. This is an accumulation of everything throughout the whole book of the Old Testament of all the symbols and the shadows that have reached to the person of who, of who Jesus is. The mystery Himself being revealed. The Messiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords has come. The One that raises the dead back to life. The One that heals the sick. The One that walks on water. The One that heals the leper. The One that heals the blind. The One that brings the, the deaf hearing like this is the one and he's here and and they're saying save us this is the one save us you know what god loves the cry of his people to say jesus save me save me one of the most important things that we can do is ask jesus to save us save us from our sins save us now but continues, John 12, verse 14 to 15. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as written, Do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. This is the second Old Testament quote that we find in the scripture of a fulfillment of prophecy of what Jesus is doing. Everything that Jesus is doing is a fulfillment of the Messiah and what He would do. And we see Jesus following to a T these prophecies that said that the Messiah would come in on a, on a colt. We see the prophecies being fulfilled as Jesus comes into that place. And it's, it's a positive command. This, this fear not that we find in the Scripture, do not fear, is in the Bible over a hundred times. Maybe some of you are reminded about it at the birth of Jesus where they would say fear not. But it's a common theme throughout the Bible that, that God would say or the angels would say, fear not, fear not. And, and we some, some form of it in the Bible, you'll find 365 times throughout the Bible the theme and the, and the form of do, fear not. And God is telling us, relax and be happy. Amen? 
And, and, and sometimes this command is given when an angel shows up the first three times. The command is given in the very first book of, of the Bible called Genesis, the, in the beginning. And, and it, from the very beginning, God is trying to tell us, don't be afraid. Don't fear. And He's preparing these people that are declaring Him as the King of Israel. And they're saying, save us now. And He's saying to them, Fear not. Fear not. I think that's so important for us to see this this theme, this message of on Palm Sunday that God is not only calling us to, to say yes, He can save and He wants us to ask Him to save Him, but He's also calling us to not fear. To not be fearful. And He's really preparing them for something that they're not fully seeing what's going to happen. And you know where the story um, goes. And on the screen you'll see three different pictures there of where this story goes. And so we, we, we come to this, the second thing of fear not. You know, we've lived through a lot of seasons in this last year of a lot of fears. A lot of fears. There's, it doesn't matter what, what happens, there's more fears that add on more fears. And, and then a solution comes and then that adds another fear. And then another answer comes and then that adds another fear. And, and, and it just it goes on and on and on. And I, I just believe that as God's people, as we trust the Lord, that there's, there's a sense that we can have fear. But as we look to the Lord, we, we, we can overcome our fear. Amen? We can overcome the, the sense of what does the future hold? And I believe that as any time that Jesus is preparing these people for something that they don't see. Something that they're not ready to see yet. And he's saying, fear not. Fear not. But remember, Jesus, Jesus wins. Jesus wins. My third point. It's not as we expect. There's a lot of things in life that are just not exactly what I expected. As we come in verse 15, it says, Do not be afraid of daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming seated on a donkey's colt. Your king is coming, but not as you expect. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. The fulfillment of the Scripture. Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout, Daughter Jerusalem, see your king comes to you righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt. Isn't that something? You know, Jesus came in a way that was not expected. And I, I, I've never ridden a donkey. I don't aspire to ride a donkey. Um, there's something about riding a donkey that, that uh, uh, concerns me. And <laughs> but riding a colt of a donkey is a miracle, another miracle, <laughs> with, with the mum there. And as Jesus comes, he, he does something that's, that's un, in, incredible and, and not as expected. Like, like, just think about this, to paint all this picture there. Jesus is coming in and they're shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. And as he gets closer... He's coming on a little colt. And you're like, whoa. 
the king of Israel, the king of Israel. This is different. Not as I expected. We know as we study history that the war horses were measured by hands. You would measure them by hands. And, and the war horses were, you know, the, the higher the horse, the, the bigger the, the, the prestige of the command that you held. If you had the tallest horse, you were the tallest guy. You were the most.